Thanks for joining us for another episode of SDBC Podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest, and we've been waiting to have him on our podcast for several, very several special. episodes now. But this is Phil Grierson joining us today, and if you don't know, this is Mary's husband. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm a longtime listener, first time Potter. Yeah, our biggest, <laughs> you know? our biggest fan. Oh, there you go. Yes, absolutely. And actually, Phil, you listen to podcasts, not just ours, obviously, but other yeah, podcasts as yeah. well, right? I what, listen to probably too many podcasts. What What are you listening to nowadays? Like, what's your fave? Uh, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts about um, films and movies, about mm -hmm. music, about technology, just some comedy podcasts or news podcasts. Yes. I have, I think, close to... I listen to podcasts while I work, so I have close uh, to 30 podcasts I keep up with oh, wow. on, like, a weekly basis. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he listens to them at double the speed. Yes. Yeah. So he can get through them faster. Oh, yeah, I do that sometimes, too. It's too stressful for my brain. <laughs> it's painful to listen to podcasts with Mary because I have to listen to them at normal speed. Normal speed. Yeah. This is exactly why we want to fill on this <laughs> podcast so that we see the husband and wife dynamic here. Um, obviously, Mary being our regular host, um, you've as a listener, if you've been listening for a while, you've gotten to know her. But I think you'll get a little bit of an insight of their relationship as well. But today we have Phil not just to talk about their relationship, but to talk about movies. And like you said earlier, you love movies and you listen to a lot of podcasts around uh, movies and films. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to talk about, specifically, we went to watch Shang-Chi, which was released a couple months ago, actually, in, early in September. Um, but we went to watch it a couple weeks ago. We went on a double date, myself, my wife, Sarah, and Phil and Mary. And uh, we wanted to do an episode on this, uh, Shang-Chi, but also we're going to talk about other uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So just as a disclaimer, as we start this podcast, we're going to talk about more of a general kind of theme around these movies. We're not going to go into detail about each movie and the, and the storyline and plot and stuff. However, you may have some spoiler concerns. So if you're really dying to go watch Shang-Chi, you haven't watched it yet and you're listening, you might want to tune out now and then come back after you've watched it. However, if you don't really mind, we're not going to spoil all the details. We're not going to get into fine details. We are going to talk about general themes, though. And the question that we're going to really focus on today in this podcast episode is, why is our culture so compelled by superhero movies and superhero stories in general? So, Mary, I'll, I'll start off with you. Um, what do you think? What's so, what's so amazing about Shang-Chi and other superhero movies that people are attracted to? Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I actually had quite a few different answers for it in different ways I wanted to go, but I'll slot those in in other places in the podcast. But what really sticks out to me is um, that it kind of unites us in acknowledging our brokenness. Mm. So these superhero movies and other dyst dystopian movies and literature, it really points out the brokenness of humanity and the brokenness of the world and then the need for a savior or a hero. And I think that that is something that we can all acknowledge in our own lives. Um, and so obviously Christians have Jesus and our faith, but for um, other people, non-believers in the world, just looking at this brokenness and realizing like, what, what can I do about it? What can be done about it? And just that desire for a savior, for a hero, for someone to come in and um, fix what is broken. And so I think that's something about superhero movies that is compelling along with numerous other things. Yeah, I mean, we, we just before we started recording this podcast episode, Phil and I were just talking about the, I, I guess, Batman Begins, the mm -hmm. Batman kind of series franchise around Christian Bale, um, that era mm -hmm. of Batman, kind of sparked, I think, the superhero movie kind of craze uh, in mm -hmm. North America, at least. And also along with that, Iron Man and, and the start, the beginning of the MCU universe there. 
Um, but how did you find, like, I know it's DC and I know it's not MCU, but how did you find the Batman series and exactly kind of like what Mary talked about, the vulnerability, the, the mental health part of that movie series and all that? Yeah, I think um, what Batman did uh, that I think a lot of superhero movies hadn't done before was they it really was a very dark movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, most superhero movies before that only would show heroes in a positive light. They wouldn't show them with any struggle. Mm-hmm. They would be these perfect people who go and save everyone. Uh, and when Christopher Nolan did his Batman trilogy, he really showed uh, Batman that he is... in. Like, at his core, just a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and without all his technology, he's still a broken person. Yeah, a very wealthy human being. Y- yes, but... <laughs> a very, very wealthy human being. But um, mm-hmm. his he can still break his back. So. Yes, yes. And, and I think that was really one of the big draws. I know, like, obviously Christopher Nolan's directing and Christian Bale's acting, I'm sure, contributed hugely to the mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. of the industry there, or, or the franchise there. But I also do think that... It, this is really the first franchise of a superhero movie that really tackled the mental health aspect of it. Like you said, me growing up watching some superhero movies, it was like um, the Batman and Robin TV show with the bam and pazow, like those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you remember those? Um, yeah, good old Adam West. No. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't think I was born yet. Yeah. <laughs> None of us were born yet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then also uh, Superman, just watching Superman in, you know, multiple iterations. Mm-hmm. It was always like, oh, this guy's the nicest guy. He's the strongest guy. The only weakness he has is like kryptonite, and when there's this little rock uh, from outer space comes to his vicinity, he always goes, "Ah, I can't." Uh. Yeah. It just I can't resonate with that, right? Mm-hmm. It just seems something so far away and so, something so alien. Pardon the pun there, but like that I can't really resonate with the storyline, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really hit home as something that um, that viewers and listeners could actually attach themselves to. But here, starting with the Batman series and Iron Man series, um, I think the MCU really does a good job with it. So, Mary, out of all the characters, which one do you think um, people have uh, a particular draw or attraction to in that regard? The vulnerability, the... Of all the characters in the MCU. Yeah, which one do you think is really (laughs) compelling? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that if people have watched all the way till Endgame, potentially Iron Man, seeing his whole trajectory and how he ends up and how he goes from the biggest narcissist to um, the sacrifice for all his friends, pretty much, is a pretty compelling storyline. Oh, absolutely. I think, like, between the acting of, you know, Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. and also just his, like you said, his trajectory, especially, like, how he goes from, yeah, the narcissism, but also the arrogance Mm -hmm. and the kind of the playboy Mm -hmm. um, image that he had. To going through, like, to becoming, like, the family man at the end of the series. And it's so interesting, too, because he's um, potentially one of the strongest leaders of all the heroes that we see. And I actually just wrote a paper on um, leadership right now. But it's it's interesting, and I don't know if this is psychoanalyzing it too much, but his relationship (laughs) with Spider-Man, that sort of mentorship relationship Mm -hmm. and becoming family and putting himself into another person and caring for another person in that way. I wonder how that contributed to the overall... Uh, character arc there so yeah and also he's he's one of the most broken characters in the mm-hmm. entire series because mm-hmm. you look at him he gets the he has PTSD he has anxiety he's, he's got panic disorder he definitely has like he feels the pressure of his own family his organization but also the world <laughs> to mm-hmm. to become this hero to be the strong person when inside he's a mess and he's like literally remember was it Iron Man 3 Mm-hmm. After the Avengers New York, yeah, where he's like breaking down and he has this little kid who helps him like rebuild his life and gain confidence again. Like there's so many moments of brokenness in this journey for him. 
and all the way to the very, very end and, and end game and stuff. So I do think he's a s- super compelling mm-hmm. character for people to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how Iron Man 3, I feel like, is thought of as one of the worst movies in the MCU. <laughs> uh, but in a lot of ways, it's the most relatable, I find. Yeah. Uh, because, like, having mm-hmm. struggled with anxiety, it's like, yeah. here's Iron Man having panic attacks. Like, yeah. that's extremely relatable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's 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 all throughout the series. Like, Hulk has insecurities, and he's got identity crisis issues, mm-hmm. right? And Black Widow, if you've watched a more recent uh, video, or uh, movie video, I sound old, <laughs> uh, movie as well, she's got baggage, insecurities, and shame, and lots of that. Same with her good friend Hawkeye, right? There's a lot of guilt and shame mm-hmm. and brokenness in there. Um, Shang-Chi, the one that we're we're talking about here today, um, has a lot of that too, right? There's daddy issues. Iron Man has crazy daddy issues too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Shang-Chi has daddy issues. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it any further, but there's a lot of identity crisis, a lot of shame, a lot of um, seeking justice where there is none, um, mm-hmm. broken mm-hmm. world, a little bit of a dystopian kind of world that they portray as well. Uh, Spider-Man, Loki, Thor. It just goes on and on and on and on. It, it doesn't seem like any MCU character has has it all together. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if that is very compelling. And how would it tie it to um, our Christian view or our worldview of needing rescue, living in a broken world? How do you think this actually relates? You go first. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because... I mean, Shang-Chi is the is the 25th movie in the MCU. Like mm-hmm. this is a it's a such a massive franchise. Superhero yeah. movies have become such a big thing. And yeah, it's so clear that um people love hero stories. Mm-hmm. Like we love stories where there's a person who comes and saves everyone. And I think that really is like the core of Christianity is the belief that we need someone to come and save us. Mm-hmm. Um and we as Christians, uh, we believe that person is Jesus, obviously. But it's interesting just to see how the entire world also is sort of recognizing that need, just uh, going somewhere else for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, another thing I was going to say is um, it also a lot of parts of the MCU, especially the Avengers and the team, reminds me kind of a little bit of you know our hope for what Christian community is, and all mm-hmm. of these people with their own baggage, their own issues, their own mental health struggles, all these things, they somehow come together as a team united with a common goal. And that, you know, is also the beauty of this community that we have as Christians. Yes. And if I if we if we as a church community is the MCU characters, I'd like to be Hulk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, don't don't force me to be Shang-Chi just because I'm Asian, right? No. <laughs> no. Um, I want to be Spider-Man. <laughs> no, there's um I think I think like you guys both said, there's great compelling story here to be told um, mm-hmm. in our Christian worldview. I think the world is crying out that, hey, we see the world as a broken place. Mm-hmm. We see it as a place that's really impossible without someone rescuing us, right? It's basically the whole story, right? And I wonder if, like, I know I'm not trying to be too cheesy here, but we talk about being missional. How do we share the gospel in a way that resonates with people? I wonder if, like, maybe going on a movie and just talking about it afterwards and saying, yeah, I really do think it's really compelling that how they portrayed these heroes to be a broken mm-hmm. group of people. And even in Endgame, right, there's so much brokenness there that's represented by Hulk and other characters that are going through their own baggage and issues and all the while trying to figure out how do we save the universe from mm-hmm. this great enemy that's out to get us. Yeah, I was literally just saying this to Phil the other night about um, evangelism and talking to people about our faith and just the thought that what if we start this conversation with something that unites us? And that's kind mm-hmm. of what I started this podcast with is acknowledging that there's brokenness in the world is actually mm-hmm. something that 
unites us because we see the brokenness, but then we see Jesus and the redemption, the salvation there. But, you know, we, we do all see the sin and the brokenness. And so that's something that um, can definitely start the conversation and that these movies and many movies also acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah, not just in the MCU, of mm-hmm. course, many other movies as well. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite thing about movies is that there's so many different stories that are being told and there's so many different uh, conversations you can have just mm-hmm. because of those stories, um, just because you've had the shared experience of watching this. Mm-hmm. And I think cult, like people used to do it more through books back in the days, but I think now more than ever through music, movies, and podcasts, I think people are saying, this is what I'm interested in, this is what I resonate with. And that's kind of culture telling us how they view the world. Culture Mm. telling us, hey, this is what we resonate with. This is what we want to talk about. This is what we have questions about. And, you know, I think for Christians to sometimes just neglect it completely and say, you know, we don't want to talk about those. Let's go talk about, you know, Nehemiah or, you know, Ezekiel. I think those are great. I love Nehemiah, Ezekiel, and the rest of the Bible. But I think it's also good for us to listen and Mm -hmm. to, to, to hear people saying, we want to talk about these things. Mental health is a huge concern for us. Our brokenness, our relational strife, like all of these things are a, a big issue for us. Does your Bible ever talk about things like that? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh boy, does it, right? Like it's, we got the hero, we got the superhero story of all time in a real world historical setting as well, which is, I think, amazingly compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, I think one of the big other things that... MCU does really well, and Shang-Chi does this really, like, it it pushes it even further. I think it's cultural relevance. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes in Christian circles, cultural relevance is touted to be, like, the best thing, the most important thing, and sometimes in other circles, it seemed to be like, no, no, we don't need cultural relevance, we just need to be true to the gospel. Um, However, MCU does cultural relevance very well. I think, you know, everyone can kind of agree that they're really intentionally doing this, right? Um, there's lots of movies with strong female leads like Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Wanda, WandaVision, and all that stuff. Um, and I think we just checked the um, box office uh, records of all the MCU uh, movies. And so far out of all the MCU, top five was all Avengers movies except Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So the highest grossing non-Avenger <laughs> MCU movie was Black Panther. And um, obviously with an African-American lead role there. And I think that's kind of, that speaks to the diversity that they're intentionally going after. And mm-hmm. of course, Shang-Chi, right? Mm-hmm. Of all the social concerns about Asian hate in North America right now, I think Shang-Chi comes at a time when it's it's almost unheard of in Hollywood to highlight Asians to this extent in a movie, in, in, in this high profile. Because I think I read somewhere that one quarter of the dialogue in this movie was in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which is very rare in a popular Hollywood superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, most of the actors are Asian here, and actually they have high-profile um, actors, right? Not just Simu Liu and Aquafina, but also Tony Leung and uh, Michelle Yeoh. For those people who are not accustomed to um, Asian movie culture and the film industry in China and Hong Kong, uh, those two actors, Michelle Yeoh and... Um, Tony Leung are like legendary status there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're pretty much equivalent to like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I think they're like really popular, um, have a prominent standing in the hall in, in the film industry there. And I think I think um, Disney in general is doing a great job pushing this nowadays, which is ironic because when I was at UBC yeah, many years ago, Disney used to be always criticized for making all the children's stories um, <laughs> into stories that 
um, have different unrealistic gender role expectations, like these pretty princesses who just need to be saved by a bunch of men who are mm-hmm. who are the heroes. Mm-hmm. And Disney now kind of goes against that and speaks, you know, strongly for um, gender equality and um, ethnic diversity and stuff like that. Which is to me, um, as a UBC student who went to literature classes, always talking about how Disney is horrible; they're not representing <laughs> diversity well. Um, to see them push MCU in this kind of direction is quite interesting for me to see. Uh, what do you guys think about the cultural relevance? Do you think it is a compelling aspect of why people find this story so good? Yeah, I think it's it's impressive how um, even though these movies are planned years in advance, they mm-hmm. seem to be lining up with where our culture is at um, in almost like a scary way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, especially I'm... I'm thinking of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the yeah. show that came out last year, and just mm-hmm. the commentary mm-hmm. on uh, being African American yes. in modern day and having Captain America now be a black man. Yeah, uh, and that all these sort of commentaries are um, just really interesting to have these conversations as they're happening, also in in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said earlier, I think books and all these things, literature. And now film and music is always a reflection of our culture and our society, right? It's Literature is never created in a vacuum. So it always has to be at some level a reflection of or a commentary of the society that we witness and experience. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of the things I, I loved about Shang-Chi was all the little bits that were clearly pointing back to uh, different parts of sort of the film industry outside of North America. Uh, So different parts of sort of the Hong Kong film industry and different sort of Chinese movies. Uh, There is so clearly like lots of the fighting styles were taken from specific places. Um, yeah, like there, I think there's there's this one scene where um, they have a they have a fight scene in a bus at the be- close yeah. to the beginning of the movie, uh, and it's so clearly an homage to um, Jackie Chan. Yeah, and Jet Li. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's just cool to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think they owned it. It wasn't just like when I grew up. To be honest, a lot of these uh, Asian characters or roles were sidekicks to the main character or the main character's best friend or the antagonist. To be honest, um, like I remember. Um, yeah, there was like a Korean character in one of the Bond movies that, um, you know, the bad guy always, right? Yeah. And, and so to see such an emphasis on not just Asian characters and the roles, but to actually own, these aren't just Asian characters. They're actually going to reflect the Asian, like you said, the culture in Hollywood and, and probably one of the most prominent stages of, you know, entertainment nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's quite interesting to see. Another thing that I think is so compelling about the MCU and all these movies is... Um, like the the detail and then almost the real world elements that they bring into it. So through music, through humor, through all these little things. I remember we were talking after the movie about how there's even a joke in Shang-Chi about the the particular actor and how he's uh, usually yes. in Korean movies, but he's actually yeah. not and all these things. Yeah. And then I specifically think of the music, the soundtracks of Guardians uh, yes. and um, Black Panther and how it's very relevant to and and things that we would recall about our world and bringing us into this and it's it's just like a very gripping almost holistic kind of an experience for the for the viewer yeah absolutely and i think like now i'm gonna try to i'm gonna geek out a little bit so please excuse me but when i went to ubc there was uh, when i did my literature degree but also my education degree there was a lot of talk about this guy named homie baba (laughs) <laughs> it's like the coolest name ever, right? His mm-hmm. name is Homie. Um, Homie <laughs> Baba uh, wrote a paper on hybridity. And and around that topic, around that time, there's a lot of um, 
um, people talking about hybridity, third culture kid, or the hyphen, or you know all those things. And what they all talk about is these people who grew up in North America or Europe. So people, Asians or Africans, or people from different culture who grew up in a foreign or, or international kind of a setting, and how they form a whole new culture. So mm -hmm. the word hyphen actually is, is this, when you say Chinese American, right? So they're saying that these kids who grew up in America as Chinese with Chinese cultural background in their homes, they don't become Chinese or American. Mm -hmm. this, this theory was saying that they actually live in the hyphen. And same with, you know, obviously Korean, Canadian, African American. Like you see people who have been displaced. And of course, the Bible always talks about that, right? The, the Jews and the diaspora, mm -hmm. when they spread out through the Roman and Greco-Roman world, um, they oftentimes keep their Jewish heritage. Um, however, they're also shaped by the cities that they're living in currently as well. So that they kind of end up living in the hyphen. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they feel less of a belonging or a sense of, you know, um, like a sense of uh, tribal almost um, connection to where they left. Like, for example, if it's China in Shang-Chi's case, and also in America, in California, in this movie's case, the, the story is set in California, I think. And, and you kind of miss that, too. So it's like, okay, I don't belong to where I came from, but I also don't feel like I completely belong to where I am. And then they develop a new culture. Um, I remember um, my high school friends, when I grew up in East Vancouver, they used to call themselves CBCs. And I'd be like, what's a CBC? It's like, oh, it's a Chinese-born Canadian, hmm. right? It's like, oh, they're born in Canada, but their parents are from China, so they're second gen or 1.5 gen Canadians, um, but they're from Chinese background. And they have carved out a new culture for themselves and they started to use the term CBC because they didn't resonate too much with um, people who, who had just come from China or people who are just Canadians. So I, I find that whole hybridity and the third culture kid phenomenon fascinating mm -hmm. because that's kind of where I've come from as well. Like my parents are Korean, first gen Koreans who immigrated here, but as a as a person who were raised in was raised in a Canadian setting predominantly and a little bit in America as well, but um, I I had to deal with that identity right like where do I belong, and of course I think the Christian story um, helps people who are struggling to find identity to land in in the most beautiful identity as people who are adopted into the household of God people who'd never have to worry about their standing in the world or never figuring out, um, do I belong anywhere? And I feel the church, in a way, has a great opportunity mm -hmm. um, to give this strong sense of identity, this unshakable foundation of identity. And I wonder if uh, MCU and other literature and songs are crying out. It's a reflection of a culture that's crying out that, hey, this identity thing is actually more difficult than we thought. It's a way more complex issue, and I wish we could find it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's gender roles, sexuality, ethnicity, I feel like our culture wants to talk about identity and the sense of belonging. And I, I sometimes wonder, why don't we talk about that more as Christians? Because that is what the gospel is basically all about. Our identity in Christ, being welcomed into the house of God, even if we don't feel like we deserve it, we are welcomed at the table of God to dine with him as his children. It's, it's actually a really compelling, amazing superhero story, in my opinion. And I feel like there's a lot to share there. Um, what, what do you guys think about all of this as, that I just dumped out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you clarified um, what the hyphen and all those things were because I saw them <laughs> on the notes and I was trying to like look it up and it didn't make any sense. So. Me and Mary had a conversation on the way here. Like, Did you have time to Google that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope Paul explains what he's talking about. Um, 
Yeah, did you have any thoughts? I'm just taking it all in. That was a there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it is it is definitely interesting. I I love hearing um, perspectives like yours, like from someone who would have that experience. Because I mean, I I obviously don't, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's always interesting to me to just listen to people who have different experiences than I do and how they um, look at things like Marvel differently than I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because like if you look at Shang Chi, it's actually yes, there's a lot of like you said a throw, uh, like a shout out to the Hong Kong and Chinese film industries, and I wonder like it's a smart business move to try to attract Chinese viewers. Like that's not a bad business move, um, but also I wonder like they were also going after, in my opinion, the third culture kid, that that third culture hybrid uh, space, the the hyphen, because. The, the story is actually set in California, and then they actually do kind of make jokes about the tension between um, the main character and his parents, right? Because yeah. there's like a culture gap there. Because he was raised in California, he was raised in the States, so he has a totally different set of expectations culturally than even his own parents do. And, and there's this like dynamic there where um, people who feel like they resonate in that third space, that hybrid space, um, I wonder if they found Shang-Chi to be more... Uh, something that they can really resonate with because of that too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you look at Shang Chi, and in the beginning, he's obviously in San Francisco, or yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then by the end, he's you know in his traditional like armor, yeah. but he's still wearing his Air Jordans. Ah, uh, yes, right? I love that. That <laughs> yeah. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and as an Air Jordan fan myself, I yeah, I've I, noticed I thought that. you would like that. Yes. <laughs> No, and, and Mary, as you as you kind of take in all the MCU universe movies, mm-hmm. I know I know that you didn't start as a huge fan, and you kind of got roped into it by your husband loving it so much as well. But you've now clearly journeyed through the <laughs> the massive number of movies, and mm-hmm. I think you've watched all of them or most of them now. Most, yeah. Let's go with most. Yeah, and we got we got Eternals um, mm-hmm. that's coming out as well. Um, so, what what do you think about the cultural representation and relevance? Like, what do you think? Why do you think it's such a success in our culture today? What kind of cultural relevance do you think is really a big hit in in North American and global culture? Hmm. Well, something um, that I think is relevant in the whole film industry, not just Mm -hmm. MCU, is portrayal of mental health and real struggles. Um, And this is something that I think both the MCU has done a little bit in clever ways, but also can do a lot more of. Mm -hmm. Um, so I specifically, I, I was thinking this as I was preparing, but I watched The Joker, which is a huge uh, portrayal uh, of yes. mental health and yes. struggle. So potentially too much for some people to watch on screen, yeah. but just a very real depiction of the depravity of yeah. our humanness. Um, and so it just always gets me thinking how the MCU deals with it, like uh, Spider-Man having the mask on and uh, taking yes. it off, being real with his family and having to process his anxieties, but then putting the mask back on and being the hero. And I think, hmm, there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, what is that saying about, you know, us having a mask and yeah. not being able to be our true uh, true selves? Yeah. And then I also think, too, about... Um, and Shang-Chi, and he obviously struggles a lot with his childhood and his father and his upbringing. And so I, I, I look at that and I go, that that's so cool that we're depicting that. These are real life issues, but maybe let's see him processing it mm-hmm. a little bit more. Let's see that real human struggle. Yeah. How is he going to now process this and move forward as a stronger individual? Because he's gone through all this with his dad. So I, I look at it and I'm glad that these things are being brought up because it's so relevant. Yeah. But I also, you know, 
want more. Yeah, well, so Kevin Feige, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. Mary says she wants more. <laughs> yes, there you go. You know how to drive this MCU uh, <laughs> yeah. trajectory now. <laughs> Credit to Mary Gerson. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think it's a great idea. I, and uh, you know what? I would almost be certain that this is what they're planning. I, I bet they're going to look into it even more. I think they, they're smart people at Disney and MCU and stuff, and I think they recognize the culture is resonating hugely with this. Mm-hmm. They're compelled by uh, a giant franchise like them taking this on and, and allowing culture to have a space for it. Like, I mean, I, growing up, I never saw Hollywood really address this. Like, some movies did, but not like this. Not in the blockbuster hits like this, right? So mm-hmm. I think it is a unique place to be and a time to be, and I look forward to seeing more and more of it Me and too. seeing how um, good conversations could come out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to talk about sacrifice before we, we end here today. Um, this theme of sacrifice is really intriguing to me. Um, we obviously, if you haven't watched Endgame, I, I don't know... Um, what happened? You should go watch Endgame. Because <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the sacri- sacrifice of Iron Man, but also Ant-Man. Like if, if you watched um, those movies, um, Ant-Man has that. Shang-Chi as well. There's this element of sacrifice in this movie. And it seems like sacrifice is something that superheroes are tied to. Like there's no superhero that doesn't end up sacrificing themselves for a greater cause, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about that in parallel to what we learned from the Bible and the sacrificial nature of Jesus's ministry. Like, wh- why do you think these are so tied together um, in our culture? What, what culture thinks is heroic seems to be a sacrificial hero. Um, and we see that in reality in Jesus Christ. Um, how do you tie two, two of those things together? Go for it. <laughs> this is this every, is my ta- every, this is my every, tactic. You go first, and then I have time to think Paul about it. Last question. Me and Mary take a deep breath <laughs> and look at each other. Um, yeah, I think our. I don't know. I think if you if you look back through, I mean, all literature, all storytelling, um, I don't think you can have a hero without sacrifice. Mm. Um, I mean, you look mm. at sort of the the biggest um all the biggest sort of series in our culture i mean harry potter yeah. sacrifice star wars yeah. sacrifice yeah um lord of the rings sacrifice yeah. like any anytime there's a hero uh they always end up like fulfilling their purpose yeah. by sacrificing the end because i think our our society uh knows that a price needs to be paid mm. for us to be saved mm. Yeah, I wrote a whole essay on this at UBC. Yeah, um, looking at yeah series like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Divergent, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, where um, yeah, like the society almost innately seems to understand a sacrifice is needed. I love how mm-hmm. you put it. Something someone has to pay the price. Yeah, um, for society to have the benefit of the goodness, um, and that is really precisely the point of the gospel that Jesus paid the price that the world could not pay. Mm-hmm. And by him doing so, the world gets to enjoy peace. And and the the word peace is so loaded in the Bible, right? It's mm-hmm. such a big word. And yet, that's how it's achieved, right? And then we get 
we get um, even in the the world of soldiers and you know especially America they honor the veterans really really well right and this idea that you've sacrificed for our safety and peace and therefore we must honor you it seems that our culture really understands the nature of the need for sacrifice and the fact that they're the real heroes and yet then I the one thing that I don't understand then is then why do we sometimes raise our kids with these lies that we say, hey, you got to take care of yourself first mm-hmm. and, and you don't need to worry about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to be the best you can be. And if you can rack up a lot of possessions and money and honor and fame, that's the good life. Like, why do we sometimes like position our society to say those are the good values? Those are the things that you should go after when, in fact, we really value and we really honor people who actually would give up those things to serve other people and to love other people. I, like, to me, I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something is kind of a tangent, I guess. But it made me think of, I'm reading this book right now that's talking, it's gospel fluency. I'm rereading it. And yeah. it's talking about how Jesus is the better, better everything. Yes. He's the better Adam. He's the better Abraham. He's the better leader, boss, father, all of these things. And so it's just making me think how Jesus is the better superhero he's the better hero yes. he's the best hero and it's just interesting because in all of these movies i find like the the sacrifice is connected to like like a personal connection or relationship so we see in i don't know is it endgame where hawkeye and uh, black widow are fighting over who's gonna die for, mm-hmm. is that yes. endgame yeah. yeah and because and and they're both willing to do it because of this relationship and this love yeah. that they have for this one person they're willing to um lay their life down for one person um and it's just so interesting that Jesus came and he laid himself down for people who weren't even standing in front yeah. of him yet yeah. for all of humanity all of um, all of us people yeah. he didn't even know people he didn't even you know walk beside on earth um, and that he was willing to do that for us because all these people in the MCU they're making these sacrifices for you know their families people there know and yeah. Jesus did that but also so much more. Yeah. And, and I would argue that's precisely because he knows us even more intimately than we can mm-hmm. know each other because he created us. Right. And, and this idea uh, in our notes, um, we had lots that we wanted to cover today, but Phil uh, suggested that we should talk about this idea of being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder, like kind of what we've been talking about in the last few minutes here, like, like, I think society understands at some level, even if they're not consciously aware of it, I think we all understand that this kind of sacrificial hero, the better hero, is something that we desire. In this broken world, we want a better hero. We want a hero that is sacrificial, not selfish. We want someone who can provide goodness, who can um, bring justice, right? And and work with mercy and grace rather than judgment and, and accusations. I think we want this. And if we're really true to ourselves, at the core of what we really want inside, whether we recognize it or can articulate it or not, I think Jesus is a compelling answer to have a framework of a worldview where you say, no, I do believe in hope. I do Mm -hmm. believe in a faith in something that we don't see an ideal that Jesus talks about. I believe that can be real. And that is something that I want to pursue. I think at the end of the day, when we are more and more true to ourselves, I think it opens us up in my opinion to actually search for something bigger than just making money in this world Um, putting food on the table, making sure I don't have any bad relationships with friends and neighbors and family. Like, I I think we end up discovering that we have a yearning for more. Mm -hmm. And if we are really honest with ourselves and true to ourselves, um, perhaps we can start to begin those conversations, begin those seeking moments and searching moments where we don't feel like this is weird. And maybe this is actually not 
weird. Maybe this is the most authentic self portrayal of who I am um, and, and how God has created us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> um, great having you guys um, as a couple here today, mm-hmm. um, being able to talk about what we love, movies, culture, um, society, and of course, Bible and Jesus. Um, Phil, we'd love to have you back. Loved your insights. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, we will have you back um, discussing many of the other topics that you're interested in. <laughs> sure. We should do a yeah. tech podcast episode one day, Phil. Or coffee. Sure. We'll do a 60-minute we'll deep dive on grind size and coffee making. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. I feel like uh, I'm Pastor Jordan. I'm riveted already. Pastor yeah. Jordan would love to be a part of that, too, I, I yeah. bet. Anyhow, thanks for joining us, Phil, and thank you um, for... Um, sharing this topic that we are, I think, passionate about because it is so beautiful to see stories told about us, told about God. Ultimately, I believe all stories do point to God, and mm. I think all stories stem from Him, so it is beautiful. So if you have been listening to this, us talk- talking and rambling about a bunch of different topics, I hope you you have some food for thought, and it's inspired you to look more carefully into what culture is saying and listening, and hopefully you'll enjoy these movies too. They are for entertainment at the end of the day, and um, it's not bad to be entertained either. So God bless you this week as you continue to live for Him and continue to pursue His will. Thank you.